We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. This is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a help always near in times of great trouble. That's why we wouldn't be afraid when the worlds fall apart, when the mountains crumble into the center of the sea, when the waters roar and rage, when the mountains shake because of its surging waves. This is a river whose streams gladden God's city, the holy, holiest dwelling of the Most High. God is in that city. It will never crumble. God will help it when morning dawns. Nations roar, kingdoms crumble. God utters his voice. The earth melts. God of heavenly forces is with us. The God of Jacob is our place of safety. Come see the Lord's deeds. What devastation he has imposed on the earth bringing wars to an end in every corner of the world, breaking the bow and shattering the spear, burning chariots with fire. That's enough. Now know that I am God. I am exalted among all nations. I am exalted throughout the world. The Lord of heavenly forces is with us. The God of Jacob is our place of safety. Dan Rather was interviewing Mother Teresa, and you may have heard this story before. He was interviewing her uh, kind of about her dark night of the soul and her own spiritual life and the work that she did in Calcutta, India. And Dan Rather asked her on 60 Minutes, Mother Teresa, when you pray, what do you say to God? I want a good question, and she's the right person to ask. (laughs) She's a nun, good at prayer. What do you say when you pray? And she paused for a moment, and she said nothing I just listen. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) And then he said, okay, okay, okay. When you pray to God and you're listening to God, what does God say to you? She said, nothing. He just listens. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And then she said, and if you can't understand that, I can't help you. They're like, no, no, that's why we're asking. <laughs> Would you please help us? What do you say? What does God say? What does this like mutual listening mean? You're this like prayer expert. You've given your life to devotion. That's what this kind of uh, life is for a nun, for a monk. Tell us how to pray. Don't, don't leave us hanging. And ever since I heard that quote, and I've heard people mention it all the time in talking about prayer, and I do have this like, I get chills when I hear it. There is this fuzzy, warm feeling with it, but there's also this frustration. Like, no, Mother Teresa, tell me. <laughs> I wanna know, tell me how to pray, tell me what I should say, I wanna know how to pray. And ever since I heard it, I've been mulling over that quote and and holding it close to me because I wanna, as Eugene Peterson says, get good at prayer. I wanna grow in my prayer life. Uh, Pastors everywhere talk about, you know, you're you're nothing, you're not a great leader at all if your life isn't steeped in prayer. And so I I wanna aim toward that. And I also wanna know what Mother Teresa means when she says, Nothing I just listen, nothing he just listens. It's what the early Christians called, the kind of church mothers and fathers called contemplative prayer, contemplation. This quietude. And when we had our series on Sabbath, I learned from so many of you that we need quiet. We need peace. 
We need what Mother Teresa is talking about, but it's hard to have a step-by-step guide of what it means to have this mutual listening, to be in contemplation. It's kind of like an awkward first date. Um, Had them. You guys had them? Uh, Not anymore, obviously, Uh, but my wife, ours was very awkward too. Uh, Another sermon, another time. Uh, and, And you're like, okay, what questions do I ask? What are they going to ask me? Maybe you've been in that situation, not just a romantic situation, but a friendship situation. That you feel like you're putting in a lot of effort to get something out of them, and they're like terse and short with you. It's like, yep, nothing. Or maybe they're like way over-talking, way over-sharing, monopolizing the conversation, and, and you're not really able to get a word in edgewise. Our conversation with God, our talking with God is different. In fact, uh, John Mark Comer says that it seems to him that God's first language is silence. I hate it. <laughs> I, I want it to be direct. I want it, I want it to not be like an awkward first date. I want this kind of natural sort of movement of conversation back and forth. And, and I learn something about God and God asks things about me and he draws closer to me and I draw closer to him this kind of mutual affection in eternity. That's what I want. The, the comforting thing is another Teresa, I'd say a more helpful Teresa, uh, Teresa of Avila said that um, in prayer, we're all beginners. That's a comfort to me. When I inevitably at a holiday meal, nobody asks anymore. They all just look at me. Uh, and I fumble over my words. One time I was praying and my dad's cousin Harriet, she's hilarious, she's kind of dry. In the middle of my prayer, she said, it's kind of long. Uh, Harriet, we're all beginners, <laughs> you know? Teresa of Avila, she said so. And I hope that's a comfort to you. We're all beginners in prayer. And so when people say to me, like, I don't know what to say, I mean, the first thing I want to say is like, well, you're not going to fool God. You're not going to say something, one, that he doesn't already know. Uh, you're not going to impress him with your lofty language. Uh, you're, you're not going to hide anything from him. And I think the good news, if we could leave with anything today, is that God just wants to be near you and wants you to feel his nearness. And prayer isn't like a machine when you pull the lever and something comes out. Prayer is our ongoing intimate relationship with God. And it's okay to pray, hey God, I'm just here. Hey God, I'm open. Holy God, I long for more of you. I've made a mistake. I want to know something. I want to grow in something. I'm in pain. Would you draw near to me in my pain? Would you just be honest? Keep it open and honest and simple. I think God desires that. And I think uh, under that is this foundation that Marion read for us so well today in Psalm 46. And some of you, you, you may be wondering, like I've read Psalm 46 before, this is different. This is the common English version. Uh, we hear in this first verse, God is our refuge and our strength. And we feel weak and burnt out and lost. Psalm 46.1 is like, I need that. God is our refuge and strength. A help always near, like God is imminent, I-M-M-A-N-E-N-T. Pope County Spelling Bee returns. Uh, He's close. He's not like he's around the corner. He's like right here. He's present. He's closer to you than you are to yourself in times of great trouble, particularly when things are hard. God is present. And then there's reasoning then. That's why we won't be afraid because God is near. 
when the world falls apart. And we see it all around us in a variety of ways, uh, the world falling apart. And not totally, it's not totally dismal, but we see all these things. It's 24 hours news has made us more aware of the places that are broken. Even in the midst of that, God is near somehow, mysteriously. When the mountains crumble into the center of the sea, we just sang about it. When its waters roar and rage, when the mountains shake because of its surging waves. It's kind of a humbling image of like the, the creation around us falling into the sea. And, and maybe we haven't experienced that specific literal thing, but when a relationship falls apart, when you have a deep heartache, when you get horrible medical news, when something else falls apart in your life, it feels like a mountain falling into the sea. It feels like crumbling. It feels like forces, like heavenly forces or, or these oceans or these mountains, these things that are so beyond us, crumbling around us and there's nothing we can do about it. And the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, a help always near in great times of trouble. That even in the midst of that, it doesn't scare God, God away, God comes closer in those moments. And then Psalm 46.10 says, that's enough, now know that I am God. So does the CEB is particularly different. And traditionally it's be still and know that I am God. And we've probably heard it before if you've kind of run in Christian circles or gone to church for a long time or read the Bible, be still and know that I am God. And, and, and I, I think about that in my, my contemplation and my quiet time or whatever, be still and know, because we often think about it in that way. It's kind of quaint. Ah, be still. Ah, be, be quiet and just know that God is God and you're not, ah, that's nice. But I think that, that the CEB captures it in an even more particular kind of uh, exciting way. That's enough exclamation point, that's enough. That the word, some translations, or I wouldn't say some translations, some preachers have said, shut up, <laughs> quiet down, silence, yelled out in all capital letters, be quiet, that's enough, and know that I am God. That there's a lot of noise, and above that noise, God says, shh. Reminded of Jesus, who's napping in the bottom of the boat, and he comes out and he calms the storm, and they say, who is this? that even the wind and the waves obey him. It's the same God that says in the Psalm, enough, be quiet. It's what Christians have called for centuries, being with God. It's kind of like the first step. It's not just knowing facts about God or, or feeling like that you can tell other people about God, but that you're with God. He's not just a character in a book that you've read, but he's personal. He's with, and in that with, we find hope, and we find healing, and we find comfort. And so our longing and prayer is like, uh, I want to be with you. And that's a prayer we can pray. God, I want to be with you. I feel your absence. And we, we know our absence is actually just a, a, a kind of result feeling of having once felt God's presence. So we say, I want to feel what I felt when I was on that retreat in sixth grade, or when I had this powerful experience in church, or that time I came to the table, or I heard that song, or I heard that sermon, I want that again, I wanna be with you. That's what we mean by our, one of our core values here at Branches, abide. The way that a vine is attached to a branch, we're connected to God, and it's not cut off, it's not separated, we get our nutrient, we get our life, we get everything we need from this God who tells nature crumbling around us to be quiet. That same God is close to us. That same God holds us. That same God, when we witness everything kind of rattling around us, holds us securely and loves us. There's a story I love of these two monks. And there was an old monk and a novice monk, a brand new monk. 
and uh, the old monk walks in on the novice monk with his feet on a statue of a saint. He's sitting there and he has his feet on the statue. And the old monk freaks out. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you have your feet on this holy object. You have this, your feet on this holy thing. Um, why, why would you do that? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Where can I put my feet that isn't holy? Where can I put my feet that isn't sacred? And that captures so well in my mind God's presence. That on an icon or statue or on uh, the mud or in the dirt or in the grime of our lives on the concrete floor in the branches building and the carpet of your home, where can I put my feet that God isn't nowhere? That's the other foundation of our prayers. That's the other foundation of this God that draws close to us, that there's nowhere we are that he isn't. There's nowhere we can go that he's still not near to us. There's no situation in which we find ourselves that he's totally absent. There's no place that we can go that we can disinvite God. I find it funny when people are like, oh, I really wish we could bring God back into this. He's like, where did he go? <laughs> he's present, he's there, he's with you. Where can we put our feet? Where can we aim our prayers? Where can we be that God isn't? Tyler Staten says that contemplation or the quiet prayer life is the canvas on which God paints a masterpiece. Like, all right, Tyler, you're so cool. <laughs> you have such a way with words, but it's so beautiful that, that first to say anything, we gotta be quiet. We gotta listen like Mother Teresa. To pray, to, to utter something to God, first we wanna be with God. We wanna find ourselves in quiet. And even when we're in a place where it's audibly quiet, there's so much noise. <laughs> And so we ask God to quiet our minds that we could be with him. We could experience that he is indeed in a place. He's indeed with us. He is indeed holy. Jesus often, especially in Mark's gospel, this biography of Jesus from the first century, it says that he would go off to the quiet place to pray. Again, Eugene Peterson said that if Jesus needed quiet prayer, pretty sure that means we need it too. <laughs> That Jesus in, in his quiet, in his ministry, and all the things that Jesus did, he had to go away and be in quiet, be in presence, be with God. The contemplative life, the spiritual life, the meditative life, the quiet life is the canvas then on which God can speak, that we can hear something, that we can listen. When people ask me, like, okay, how is this different than like meditation? When we talk about meditation, which is like very common and popular now, I'm for it. There are so many studies out there that show that contemplation and meditation, like the kind of secular version of it, and I don't mean secular like in a diminishing way, just a descriptive way, that version of meditation does so much for your own emotional intelligence and self-awareness, so please meditate. <laughs> I know I need to too. The difference then is that there's somebody on the other end. You're not, it's not a solo game. You're not alone. You're not doing it by yourself. There's someone with you that in quiet contemplation and prayer, you find the presence of God, whatever that might mean for you. Someone is on the other end. So I wanna share that during this series, when we talk about these things, when we kind of lift up people like Mother Teresa who say that prayer is mutual listening, we listen to God, God listens to us. I know some of you are sitting right here like, man, this sounds really nice. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm one of those people. So each week we're gonna talk about practice. We're gonna talk about specifically what it means to practice the type of prayer that we're talking about together uh, or offer some sort of practice that helps us dive in to take little small bites that we can grow in together. 
the first thing I want to say about presence and contemplation and quiet con- contemplative prayer is this. There's only one rule. Show up. <laughs> There's only one thing that you really can do in one step, and it's not to say a certain thing or have a certain disposition or a certain attitude, but just to set aside the time and be. And if you're sitting there thinking like, am I doing it? You are. <laughs> uh-huh that you set aside the time and you sit and you just listen and you can just say or utter with your heart, God, I wanna be in your presence. Not, I want this, I desire this, though those things are good too. We'll talk about them in the next few weeks. But just to say, God, I'm here. Will you be here and sit in it? And maybe you can only do a couple minutes at a time and you can grow in that way. And one thing I wanna offer you in terms of practice, something really concrete you can do. So if you all wanna pull out your phones, you're, you're, you're more than welcome to, no shade at all. You can pull out your phone um, when I offer these two things. The first one's very easy. You can set an alarm in your phone for 2.23 p.m. I choose that number because it's odd, it's different, but also like to mark that it's 2.23, 2.23 p.m. Hey, you can do AM if you want, if that's your jam. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're still awake or it's gonna wake you up, but really just so wherever you are, maybe that's not a good time for you, you can pick another time. Pick a time that's gonna interrupt you and say, be still and know. Pick a time that's gonna stop you and say, shh, and just notice that you can just be in God's presence and say, God's here, acknowledge it. Then the hectic time of your work life, pause, your phone goes off, set a fun ringtone to it or like a chime or a gong or something and experience God's presence with you. It's a very simple thing that you could do to set an alarm and have it go off. And imagine if we all had it at 2.23 p.m., or many of us did, imagine then the experience of thinking, oh, Susie's experiencing God right now. Carl's experiencing God right now. Drew's experiencing God right now. That, that the, the, I'm not saying you guys specifically, I just saw your faces, but if you wanna do it, you can. That the alarm is gonna go off. Carrie, you have to, I demand it. Uh, that your alarm is gonna go off and you're gonna experience God's presence wherever you are. The second thing is this, sometimes we need other people to pray for us. That that's, that's gonna be our way into experiencing God's presence. And so I can't speak well enough about this app called Lectio 365. I think we have a, yeah, picture. that's what the app icon looks like. If you wanna pull that up right now and download the app, it's incredible. Most of the people that narrate on it are British, so very soothing to listen to. I listened to the one this morning and I was like, okay, I'm ready, like I'm ready to pray because uh, they go through scripture, they pray ancient prayers and tr- prayers from other traditions, and it's so wonderful and uh, audio guided, and you can also scroll through and read along, and maybe you can take a screenshot of a p- prayer that you particularly liked or a piece of scripture, and there's one for morning and evening, and especially during seasons like the one we're in now, like Lent, there's just uh, a great tying together of people that do it together. I'm gonna be listening to this during the season, and it's another place where like, you don't have to say anything, you can just listen. If I, could, if I could offer just like one piece of advice is to reiterate that you just show up, that you set aside the time, maybe even you set aside the space, kind of like we talked about for Sabbath, that you, you, you listen and you say, God, I'm not good at this. God, I've never done this before. God, this feels weird. God, I'm doing this because Colin said so. God, I'm doing this because it's Lent and I haven't picked up a practice or dropped something off and just say, I'm listening. There's actually a gift in nothing happening. There's some days where I'm like, I wish nothing had happened today. (laughs) This gives you that opportunity to sit and listen and be in the quiet and know 
that the God who holds the universe, the God that can stop the storms raging, the God that can calm the seas, the God that can prevent and, and, and holds back destruction and demise and despair all around us, that same God sits with you in your silence. That'll make you quiet if you think about it long enough. That'll make you pray like Jesus to go off to the quiet place. That'll, that'll make you recognize that we're all just beginners because we're all just children longing to encounter this parent, this one who loves us so much. I confess that I'm bad at quiet. I was putting the signs out today with my headphones on and David was like, what are you listening to? I was listening to a podcast and he was like, I thought it'd be funny if you said like Slayer or something. Sometimes it's like, I just need to jam out and like, uh, you know, uh, not listen. You know, I, want, I need some input. I'm bad at not having input. I gotta have it. And so I'm with you to be in the quiet. Let's do it together. When I was in junior high and uh, high school, my home church took several mission trips to uh, Guatemala. And we went to this orphanage called Shadow of His Wings. And it was up in the mountains of Guatemala Really, really beautiful. And we were, we were always there over like the week after Christmas. So often we were there on New Year's Eve. And we were out playing with the children at a basketball court and just having a lot of uh, fun times and telling jokes and trying to, you know, speak in broken Spanish and, and uh, eat good food and celebrate together. And it was so, so fun. And there was one point where me and some of the other people from the church and some of the uh, girls in the home uh, were kind of out on the basketball court and we were like laying on some blankets and there was fireworks going off. And then there were just so many stars. And I remember saying to my dad, it just kind of came out of my mouth. I was like, I didn't know there were this many stars. <laughs> you're in a place that doesn't have as much light pollution like a place like Houston or even my small town in Arkansas. You can't see as much. That's the attitude I hope we have in prayer is that we're so distracted. There's so much polluting. There's so much in the way that if we can get quiet, if we can be shushed, if we can be still, we'll say, I didn't know there was this much of God. I didn't know he loved me this much. I didn't know he was this near. I didn't know he was this present. I didn't know he was this close. I didn't know he listened. I didn't know he was around. I didn't know there was so much more than what I was presently experiencing. That's my prayer for you this season and always, that you'd look up, that you would be just in wonder of who God is, this God that stills us, that's with us even now in this moment. I'm grateful for it. Amen. Let's pray. God, we're listening. We confess and hope that you are too. So whatever's in our hearts, whatever troubles our minds, whatever running through it right now, whatever despair, demise we're worried about, whatever we're carrying into this room, whether it's joy or sorrow, listen. We long for your presence. We long for you to be with us. We long to experience your love in just a way that we couldn't explain. Fill us with wonder for who you are. Fill us with joy of the good news that you've given us in Jesus. Energize us, set us on fire with your spirit that we might invite other people to the quietude, the calm, the contemplation, the love that you are. We pray all this as we continue in prayer in your name.